Welcome back to a new episode of the New Era Leafs podcast. With you, as always, is Joey Kanji with my co-host, Gordon Monroe. And uh, just we are recording Sunday night after the Leafs uh, played the Canucks in the Canucks' first game back from their COVID leave. We will get to that game. But, uh, Gordon, how was your weekend? Uh, it was decent. Um, Twitter kind of blew up last night, so it was really fun. Um. Yeah. yeah. Talking about the Ben Askren and Jake Paul. Uh, yeah, of course. Fight. You can't see yeah. him. You don't have a camera, but I'm doing the air quotations when I say the word fight. <laughs> yeah, I hear a lot of the similar sort of sentiments uh, yeah. from a lot of people. Uh, listen, I don't know that much about fighting. I didn't even watch the fight. I just watched UFC. And I don't know. Ben Askren was one of my favorite fighters when he was fighting. I just loved his uh, his give no shits attitude and just like enjoy life kind of thing. But like he was still like an extremely dominant UFC fighter. You can't convince me that I don't know. I've seen this guy like cheat death in the ring before. Essentially, you can't you can't convince me that he got knocked out in a minute and a half by a YouTuber. This was all for money. It was all fake. I'm just going to say that. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, pretty much. Like, it's weird because, like, you see the like, like you saw clips like uh, that one from a few years ago surfacing where like he was just getting fed punches directly. Yeah, the guy watched that fight getting fed punches like to his face, and like apparently he won that fight. I don't know. I don't watch any of them, but yeah, (laughs) people are saying he won that fight. I watched that. He he did win that fight. He knocked out the guy who literally like was on the cusp of knocking him out. Like I don't know. Like I can't describe how crazy this was. Like. When I say cheated death, like that's probably what it was, and he came back from that and knocked out, and knocked the knocked out his opponent. So it's like, yeah, no, this they teamed up on this to get their bank, and I mean, props to them. But I mean, this just goes to show you how far the the sport of boxing has fallen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, like I mean, it yeah. was a pretty marquee, uh, pretty marquee sport like decades ago, right? Yeah, With like, like uh, dad- Muhammad Ali and. Mike Tyson and stuff yeah, like, like that. My right? dad tells me like, uh, uh, like yeah, back then like it was such an event when there was like a big like when like Mike Tyson was fighting like or whatever <laughs> or, like or like Evander Holyfield or like all these like big name boxers in like the eighties and nineties. It would be such an event and like it would be the talk of the town. And now it's just yeah. like it's like who even is a boxer? I can't name one off the top of my head who's still fighting because I'm pretty sure Manny Pacquiao's retired and like Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, like I said, I'm not like all that into it, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, you definitely like these big sports events, like the Jake Paul fight. You always, obviously, just know about and hear about just because mm. it's all over online yeah. and everyone's talking mm. about it. And yeah, no, it's yeah, it's crazy. Like it, it definitely seems like it's just all for money. And like you said, like we respect it, but yeah, it's kind of I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, it's a little greasy and. Um, I mean, there's probably a lot of people who, you know, do it and like respect the sport and stuff like that. But yeah, it definitely seems like it's how, kind of becoming more of a joke. I wonder how, how betting companies feel about that, <laughs> having a potentially rigged fight that people have bet on. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, that kind of I, I think that almost segues us into uh, our favorite game here um, <laughs> with uh, with the refs being, uh, you know, um, uh, purposefully. Uh, gaming games pretty much right like with their calls and things like mm-hmm. that 
you texted me before this saying that you were going to go off. Do you want to do that now or do you want to want to wait? No, let's save it. Let's save it. Okay, I, we'll save it. We'll tease it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go off about the Hyman hit for sure. All right, at all least. Right, all right. So, uh, yeah, I guess we'll just get right into the game that me and you both just watched on this uh, April Sunday evening. <laughs> Yeah, so, so, yeah. The Leafs lost three to two in overtime to the uh, to the uh, Vancouver Canucks. I lost my train of thought for a second. And yeah, in their first game back, um, I hated the fact that their first game back was going to be against the Leafs. Yeah, I like you. Just kind of know they're going to lose it, and you know all the storylines are going to come out. And I mean, scrolling through Twitter right right after the game, you can already see them. I mean, even in the third period, you saw them showing up. When the Leafs lose, like it's like a national holiday for like the rest of the country. So it's just like, <laughs> so yeah, like, it's, and like this on top of it is just like, it's just, it's, it's, it, I don't even know. Cause like, I mean, it's like you're so numb to it now because like it happens all the time and you're just like, it's just like a regular day. So it's like, I don't know what fun everyone else sees in it, but like, nonetheless, it's a, it's, it's, it's a pretty good story for the Canucks, I'd say. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, you know, battled back and uh, Holtby, I mean, just stole the show pretty much, like just stood on his head for them um, and maybe even literally stole the show for them. Um, it's like, yeah, like they, I, I mean, I mean, good effort for sure. Um, Leafs obviously dominated, I think, quite a bit. Um, if you look into even the underlying numbers and even just the eye test itself, the Leafs kind of, I think, should have won this game. But, I mean, it's definitely a really good story for the Canucks. Yeah, like like when you say stole the show, he literally did steal the show. Like if, I, yeah. if any other goalie was in net or like if just regular – Braden Holpe that we've seen for the past like two and a half years was in net. It, mm-hmm. it would be a completely different game. It would be like six, two. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I mean that, and I, I did also kind of mean it literally uh, because there's going to be a little bit of a controversy. Obviously we can't show uh, the video of it, um, but uh, with him possibly maybe kind of covering the fact that a puck squeaked over the line and was holding it up against. And yeah, just a little bit of, you know, some possibly some shenanigans there. As I mean, well. I mean, I mean, do you blame him? Like good on him, I guess. Like that's like, that that's, uh, shows you that being a vet and stuff and like, he knows what to do. He knew, he knew to squeeze that puck as much as he can. So even if it did go in, which I mean, how did it not go in? He was going yeah. to, uh, <laughs> he was, he, he can't make it conclusive enough. And yeah, I mean, like, like I just got to respect him for that. Like, that's just like a, just give a little clap of the hands. It's just like, oh, well played. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, I mean, it's like, I'd say it's like gamesmanship at like just the highest degree. It's, I mean, really good. Uh, like, good for, I mean, yeah, like you said, yeah, you just kind of give him props for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even though it's frustrating, I was cursing him, but in my head, yeah. but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, same. Yeah, so uh, I don't know. Like, is there anything that you. Like, like I know, like Twitter right now, it's like the sky is falling, which is why I am do not go on Twitter after Leafs losses because it is a, <laughs> it is a hellhole. Um, Smart man. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the sky is probably falling on Twitter right now, um, uh, as it is after every single loss. Uh, just like, what are you, what are your thoughts like um, on this loss? And I guess like this three game slide as a whole. Um. 
I honestly can't like bring myself to really, I, I tweeted after the game too. Like I'm more upset about the hymen injury than I am even about the loss. Like I just can't force myself to feel sad about it. Um, I do want to be really salty, but I won't <laughs> I'll refrain <laughs> from it. But like they just, I mean, it's, it's, we're, we're the leaders in the division. Um, Kristen Shilton also tweeted it out. I think that the Leafs. Yeah, you sent me this one and I did see this tweet. Yeah, that like it since March 19th, um, the Leafs have lately, they've only lost two games in regulation. And so they've earned 21 of a possible 28 points in the last month, well tied for the second best points percentage in the NHL over that span. This isn't their best stretch of the season, but the sky isn't exactly falling either. That's what she tweeted. And I mean, I mean, I have to agree, like it's they're playing pretty well. And like I kind of hinted at with the, you know, the underlying numbers, I mean, they they're dominating, like they're dominating almost every game. Like they're usually uh, and I mean, some people kind of tweeted out. I, I, I know especially our group kind of tweets it out as like a meme, but uh, the deserve to win a meter. Right. Like tonight it was like over 80 percent. Like and it said that like over out of a thousand simulations, the Leafs win 82 or 83 point something percent, you know, of the games. And it's like that almost every game, not to that level, but it's usually it's in the Leafs favor. Yeah. And yeah, like, exactly. For like, those of you that don't know, like this takes into account like like scoring chances and like like who's driving the play and like the how dangerous all these scoring chances are and like possession mm-hmm. numbers and like it's a it's a whole formula essentially and it runs yeah. a bunch of simulations using like the using the results of the game to show you like who would win this game if it would be like played again for example or like it like and like it just it just shows you who the better team really was essentially and this shows like again like Take it with a grain of salt, but like even at the eye test, you can tell that the Leafs were like by far like controlling play in this game and were like dominating every aspect of the game, just like the puck was not going in. Yeah, I mean, there was multiple minutes and not even like on the power plays either, where it looked like the Leafs were on the power play. Like they were just hemming them into their zone. The Canucks couldn't get it out for like minutes at a time. Like it was it was crazy. Like they deserve to win. And I mean, um, even kind of piggybacking off like the advanced stats, like Holtby um, saved about 1.6 goals above expected. Like, so that's almost two goals he saved um, above what he should have in relation to expected goals. Um, and I mean, on the other side, Campbell was about negative one point six or something like that. So, I mean, it was definitely a little bit, uh, I mean, you just kind of saw two goalies having completely different nights. But, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, Holtby just stood on his head completely. Just, I mean, if he's not in there, it, like they, they probably lose that game, to be honest. Oh, they, they 100% lose that game if he just doesn't turn into, like, 2016 Braden Holtby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's... Like... Yeah, like I, I'm, a, I'm on the same mindset of you. Like basically, mm-hmm. like like I I can't be force myself to like be upset about this loss, especially considering how the Leafs have played over the last month. Like how Kristen Shilton pointed out on Twitter, and mm-hmm. how like they haven't even been playing bad. Like it's one thing if they lost this game and came out looking like looking like absolute garbage and like just flat and like didn't look like they were engaged at all but like that wasn't the case at all it's literally the opposite of that they were like they played like one of their better games this season probably and just the puck wasn't going in yeah exactly and yeah i mean it's just i don't know it's just it's like game what was it 45 or 46 or something like that like 
yeah, you're kind of getting down to the wire and you'd rather us, but I mean, we're like, you'd rather us in turn first around, place. but yeah, exactly. Like we're, I mean, it's a team that's uh, like the in the Vancouver Canucks who are like barely holding on to the, like just hope of a playoff. Burst. So they got everything to play for and the Leafs really don't have much to play for for the rest of the regular season too. Like that's something that you also put into account, especially considering mm-hmm. like the team rallying around each other after like the whole team had COVID essentially, which is like, again, it's a great story. Like, I don't want to take anything away from them. Like, like it's great what they did like on the ice and stuff too. Like to just pull out a win, like literally steal a win. But, but yeah, yeah like it's, it's uh it's not a, this isn't like an indictment on like the Leafs this season. Like I, what I'm seeing a lot of people, a lot of reaction is telling me. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, like, like you said, for sure, like not taking away anything from the Canucks. It's, it was a great performance from them, obviously. Um, just, I don't know, like from solely from a Leafs fan perspective with Leafs fan, you know, tunnel vision on, like, I don't, it doesn't concern me, you know, like, like this, I don't know. And and like you said earlier too, like if they came out flat and they sucked and they were like terrible and they were just turnover after turnover, you know, they're getting hemmed in their zone type thing. Like if the roles were reversed, essentially I would be ab and they lost. I'd be absolutely defeated. Like, I'd be like, what the hell is this team? Like, Mm -hmm. how can we like, like, how can we expect to, you know, win any, even a playoff game, let alone a playoff round. Um, but I don't know. I mean, you play we this game dominated. Like, literally, like, yeah, you play this game like you play this game ten times against the Canucks, you're gonna win it the other nine times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, and, anyways, uh, um, if I have to be concerned about one thing, it is Jack Campbell's performances of late. Yeah, they are kind of worrying me, but like again, like I'm kind of like I'm not gonna act like this guy is falling on him either because I don't think he's playing like that bad to the point where like he's like unusable, but he's mm-hmm. been a lot better than what he is currently over his last like three games. Like I don't have the stats on the front of me, but I know that it's not that great. And also like, I don't know, like I, I'm not even like, I see a lot of fans like being like sour towards him already. Like take what you yeah. want from goalie wins, but like he was posting a, like a nine thirty at least before this, like three or four game stretch that he's on. Like uh, in terms of like save percentage and stuff. And it's like, you can't just completely negate that because of three games. Like you gotta, like, I don't care how good of a goalie you are. Even like Vasilevsky, who's probably the best goalie in the game or Connor Hellebuck goes through stretches where they're not at a hundred percent, which sucks. Like you don't want your goalies to be going through stretches, but if he's getting this stretch out of the way before us having to potentially rely on him in a playoff series, like I'm not going to like look at it as if the sky is falling. Yeah, no, exactly. I, I I feel pretty much the exact same way. And I mean, yeah, like he rough few games, right? Like in a row here, but I don't know. It's just, it, it feels like just one of those just slumps, right? Like, I mean, we, he's played, how many games? Has he yeah, it's not like it's league, not but... like um, Frederick Anderson before his injury, who was like bad for like a year and a half, like consistently. Mm-hmm. Like that's why, like you're still like holding on hope to it, but you yeah, just hope I... that he turns around soon. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I don't know if like the NHL.com site is uh, um, has completely updated for the uh, Canucks game yet, but it doesn't look like it. Um, but so Freddie or Jack Campbell, I mean, would have played about 20 games as a leaf. 
And mm-hmm. over that stretch, in the six games he played last year, was a 9.15 overall six games. And this year, he is a 9.22 over the course of the season. Like, you know, I, I, I just I have to look at that and be like, yeah, you know, that's that's good. That's, you know, that's that that's like definitely above league average. Like, I'd be really yeah. happy with that because somewhere in around there, it's probably somewhere in around like 9.17, 9.18, if you were to put it over mm-hmm. uh over those, like, you know, uh, average it out over those two seasons. And I mean, yeah, that's, that's all you can ask for from a goalie. So uh, yeah, I don't know. Goalies are just really streaky all the, or a lot of the times, right? Like, yeah. Like for the most part, I prefer to look at like the whole body of work rather than just like zoom in on like the, on like the, the iffy parts of it. Like, for example, mm-hmm. like, like the, um, time has shown us and like the body of work over and not even going over that big, like over just like his last 20 games as a leaf, like what you said, tell me that this is a damn good goalie who we should have more, more trust in. And like, mm-hmm. yeah, he's never really taken on a starter role before, but for the most part, other than this three games, I look like he's doing a pretty good job of it too. So it's like, it's like, yeah, like I'm just going to take it with a grain of salt. You hope that he, like, if this starts, be, it's going to be even more worrying as the games go on. And, he, and if he keeps on putting out performances like this, but, but yeah, like right now, I don't think it's something to be too worried about. Yeah, no, exactly. And I mean, you can, yeah, and like, and like, I'd rather him go through this stretch, like now, than you know, like, like two weeks, three weeks from now. So, I mean, if he, if this is just a bad stretch, he gets through it within the next week or two, and then he kind of turns it around, and he's either like a nine fifteen, you know, just average goalie. I'm That's all this Leafs team needs to get to the final four, at least, is like average mm-hmm. goaltending. Yeah, exactly. Like they don't need. You know, like their defense has taken such a step forward this year too, right? That they can, you know, have their goalie playing a little meh. You know, they don't need the goalie to steal them games necessarily. Um, and like, if, if if you look at all the games, I I, I don't have the stats in front of me, um, but you know, it, like if you were to look at like all the games the Leafs lost, I guarantee that most of those games it's the goalie who is like, you know. Um, underperforming his uh expected goals pretty much like he was letting in more goals than he was expected expected yeah yeah and Mm -hmm. and like i guarantee that that's at least for the most part um that seems to kind of be the trend i'd say so Mm -hmm. um yeah so uh i don't know i guess we'll move more like take a closer look at this game um uh, I guess the do we address the elephant in the room? The Leafs' biggest loss of the night. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, we can actually. Yeah, if you want. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna give the floor to you, man. <laughs> okay. Uh. Oh Lord. Ah. Uh, so, if you don't know, um, you probably do, but if you don't, uh, Alex Edler pretty much neon need. Neon need uh, Zach Hyman, and he ended up getting a um, major penalty for it. So it was a five-game power play for the or five-minute power play for the Leaps and a game misconduct. And um, oh man, it's terrible. Like I don't want to like freak out too much, but like it's one like horrible timing for the injury, and two like I mean it's also uh, Luke Fox tweeted out that it was the. Uh, 
it was the same knee that he had ACL surgery on in 2019. Like it's just, it's terrible. And it's so greasy from Alex Edler. Like I don't, Oh God, you had it's been like, suspended for kneeing before in the past. Yeah, yeah. They said on the broadcast, like uh he need on need uh Eric Stahl, I think, in an international tournament mm-hmm. and like got suspended for it. And I mean, like, I don't know. You had Kevin BX going to bat for him and like stuff like that. And you know, I, I it's just it's terrible. It's it was a horrible, greasy, dirty hit, and I don't care. Like he's he tried to say, oh, you know, it's a fast game. It wasn't intentional type BS, but I don't care uh, honestly. Like, it, like Edler's played what nine hundred NHL games. He's thirty four years old. Like, if there's anyone on the ice, especially for Vancouver, who should know how to react in certain situations and who you can expect to react properly in those situations, like it's it's Alex Edler, and yeah. the fact that you know people are just going to bat defending him over it is just it's so insane to me i mean it makes sense because most of it is vancouver canucks fans and media members but it's just it's it's crazy yeah i don't know like, what are your thoughts on it like i'm kind of in the same boat as you like i don't know where his head was at like i don't think his in his head he was like i am going to injure zach hyman but mm-hmm. like I, I don't think that was his intent like i don't think that's any nhl player's intent but i agree but like you have to like take responsibility for your actions and you have to, and you have to know what you're doing. Like at the, like it was an irresponsible play, like to just stick your knee out like that when someone's going by you, like you should know not to do that. So like, I see, like, I remember the conversation on Twitter at the time was like, Oh, we didn't mean to do it. So he should be getting suspended, but intent doesn't matter. Like, like it's like a, it's like, for high sticking calls like they're so frustrated because they're so frustrating those calls because so many times it's like someone going for a stick lift and just missing and then they end up high sticking them and it's like that sucks because that's obviously not what he intended to do but at the end of the day you still got to be responsible for your stick and like your actions and stuff so you got to serve that penalty yeah exactly and like I mean, I definitely agree. Like, and in, yeah, for sure. I definitely agree that like, I don't think Edler was intentionally, you know, going after Hyman at all, but it's just, it's insane. Um, yeah. That like, yeah, actually exactly with the high sticking stuff and like the fact that these guys are professional athletes, Edler has, I don't know how exactly how much Edler has made, but I guarantee he's made 20, 30, 40 plus million dollars in his life. Like, to play this game and you're telling me that like oh yeah you know it, it wasn't intentional though you know i don't think he's like i don't think he should go you gotta know better for it like yeah right like it's it it's insane like th- there's some things that you know we don't mean to do but you got to pay the price for it right like if, if if i hit someone with my car and they die i mean yeah i didn't mean to probably but you know, I'm, I'm still going to get in trouble for it. It's still not going to look yeah. good on me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like exactly. Like, like this was like someone like, like you brought it before, like the amount of games he played and stuff, like he's got to know in that situation. That's like the last thing you do. And like that, like, and like you can, like, you could have literally tried anything else to like, not let Hyman buy butt stick out your knee. And like someone who's played that many games has to know that. And like, mm. And yeah, like it's just like it—it it, it was—it was kind of dirty. Like I know Nylander said that post game, like mm-hmm. it was, and it's like it's just so frustrating to see too, especially after the season Zach Hyman has had. Yeah, that that too, and that's 
and like and like something like that too has to be taken into account like mm-hmm. like zach hyman like i don't think he's the best player on this team in terms of like skill or anything oh, but like uh-huh. he's such an important player to this team and and yeah. like that definitely has take that like that definitely took like uh it took like it took away from like the leaves that like uh like it definitely like affected them. Like when you lose like someone that important to your to your team, like like that to a game. Like I don't know. Like I see like yeah. a lot of the conversation on Twitter was, oh, how how did the Leafs not just go and like beat beat the crap out of Edler right when that happened? And mm-hmm. like I don't know. I find that talk like so outdated and so like like yeah. like it's all situational when it comes to that stuff, right? Like, yeah, the Leafs yeah, exactly. literally had the puck and were going on a four scoring chance in mm-hmm. a in only a one goal game. Are you really going to risk a scoring chance because you got a you got a bone to pick with someone on the other team? Like, no, like that's one of those situations where you take a number if you're going to like retaliate and you, you take a number and move on from it. And then he got ejected from the game so like what did you want them to do afterwards go in the Canucks locker room and like John Tortorella it? Like, yeah. To- <laughs> yeah yeah I, I mean basically I, I that's what it seems like I, and, and that's the thing right like the play was stopped like moments after um like because they hit and then the puck went into the Canucks zone right so they were probably like all like weren't even thinking like oh that's a knee on knee hit you know oh, like yeah. oh we like got the bench side i saw the bench react but like mm-hmm. when you're in the moment like you see the puck and like you see like a like an odd man rush which i believe it was or something i, I know that the Leafs yeah. were in a scoring chance you're not just going to be like well i'm just going to stop doing my job essentially just because i need to go i need to go pick a bone with this guy it's like mm-hmm. Like, I don't even know who was on the ice at the time, but if it was Hyman, who was the who was, his it was two probably? Friends? I think it was what Kerfoot and Mikheyev, maybe. Yeah, like, like those aren't guys. Going <laughs> those aren't guys. You, you want like how tall is Kerfoot? Like five ten. You want five ten Kerfoot to go for like six? What is he like six six Edler or something? Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Like, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't know how big he is too, but I mean, I, I, I think, tall. yeah, right, and like. No, like, the, like there's no way. Like, I want Kerfoot going after him. And the thing and is, like, too, and I think like, it was, I think, I think Brody was one of the defensemen on the ice. And it's yeah. like, it's like, it's like you don't want Brody to do that. Like, if if Simmons was on the ice, like he, I think he definitely would have. But he mm-hmm. wasn't on the ice. Or like, if Bogosian was on the ice, he probably would have. Yeah, yeah, and, and and I'd be fine, honestly. Like, I'd be fine if Simmons fought him right because then mm-hmm. you know I, I i i don't know if it would have even counteracted but that's also the thing too they ended up getting a five minute power play afterwards yeah. they scored you at the very end that? do you want to um, like make, like potentially negate that because you have to like they, basically the, the goal they scored on that five on that five minute advantage got yeah. the leafs a point in the standings <laughs> yeah yeah literally it's Oh God, it's crazy. I mean, cause, cause that was kind of my issue too. And that's always the issue with that sort of stuff. Like, I mean, they were going to call a pen. They were going to call it a penalty. Like they, I assume the refs had their hands up too. So it did, it's like, yeah. what you're going to fight. And like, yeah, like get the, what the instigator call. And then now like it's four on four for what, two minutes. And then, you know, you get a couple minute power play. Like, no, like no way in hell. No, yeah, exactly. like, like, like don't ruin that, you know? Mm-hmm. And then like, I saw like, 
I saw the conversation on Twitter, like take a turn, and they were like, "Oh, we got to put Sabrin in the lineup next game." Oh, like, my oh god. my god, no! Like, I was so pissed when he was in the game. Like, who, who was it against? Was it the Winnipeg game or the Calgary game? I don't even know. It was the Calgary uh, game because he fought Lucic. I was so oh, yeah. pissed when they put in Sabrin. Like, they gave this man four minutes of ice time just to fight, just to have a staged fight against Lucic. Like, that was so useless. You couldn't, you couldn't find a better use of that roster spot. Like, yeah, right. That was so like put Adam Brooks in, like give him yeah. a couple. Like he would have been more useful than Sabrin for four minutes. Like oh my god! Like I hate that. I hate like that's such an outdated role in hockey. What Sabrin brings, like, brings like whatever. I'm sure he's a nice guy. Like I don't want to like, go after him personally, but like, but like come on, like he doesn't like he doesn't serve a purpose. Like I don't want just a pair of fists who can't do anything. At least Simmons brings other aspects into his game. At least Bogosian has been a decent third third pairing defenseman this season yeah yeah like there's no way in hell i want sabrin in the lineup just to well just to to rough up the canucks that are especially gonna like, finish have, like, like second wayne. last in the division <laughs> especially <laughs> like, when you have wayne simmons who's like an everyday player in your lineup like like you don't need to give sabrin four minutes of ice time just to go fight somebody and like and like mm. we can we can talk about this but like oh my god i hate staged fights like yeah. sabrin one pissed me off so much because it was right after a leafs goal too and just completely like drained any momentum that they would have had because you had to stop play for a fight right off the face off like oh <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing, right? Like people like act like, oh, well, well when you get into a fight, it's one hundred percent. You know, it's gonna rile up your team. But it's like, what? Like, like your your teammates st- sit there, watch you for a minute, two minutes, whatever, or however long you know the fight is, and you guys go into the box, and you know, I think like stage like, fights don't bring that. Like yeah. the fights that bring that are the ones like, hey, I don't like what you did to my, I don't like what you did to my teammate over there, and you're gonna pay for <laughs> it. Those are the fights that rile up a team. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, if Simmons was out there on the ice, I would have wanted him to fight. But like, and and I mean, I'll be like, I wouldn't have hated if someone like you know just whoever, just whoever like, was on the ice for the Leafs at the time would have gotten ragged out by by yeah. uh, by by Edler. Yeah, like I don't want Kerfoot. Like, like Kerfoot's like one of our you know PK centers. He's or one of our PK players. You know, he's a third line center. Like, I don't want him getting into a fight like he's too useful i don't, no, want, I don't want him damaging his minutes. wrist even further just from like oh doing something or like tj brody potentially yeah. injuring himself like <laughs> yeah right and i mean his skill is with his stick like his skill is stick lifting and like getting a stick in lanes and so like i don't want him you know shying away from that because he like you know busted up his knuckle in a fight with alex edler you know mm-hmm. just to make me feel happy and to give his team you know a kick in the butt for five minutes like i don't mm-hmm. No, like, like, I don't want any of that. And I don't want, you know, one of our relatively good, one of our top nine players, you know, to be honest, doing that. Like, I don't want that at all. I don't even want Spezza to have to do it again. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, not Spezza. Uh, I mean, Thornton, like, we know he has fought. He fought like Nazem Kadri, so I wouldn't hate that. But I'd rather him not. I just, I want Simmons doing it. I do not, or I don't want Bogosian doing it. Yeah, I don't want Muzzin doing it. He's our one of our you can't best risk defensemen. injuring muzzin yeah no especially right <laughs> before the playoffs you can't risk that like simmons probably won't be an everyday player in the playoffs anyways if he were to but like it's simmons he knows how mm. to fight 
Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And the, that's the thing too, right? Like we're heading into the playoffs. Like what? So you risk a player, like an important player to our team breaking their hand. And then now you're out Zach Hyman and that player. Like, so if you're two third line players like that, you're doing I'm, more harm I mean, to your team than, yeah. than Uga Booga. Let me go punch this man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, it's, I don't know. It's just such, yeah, it, it is such just like a caveman mentality to, oh, we got to fight, you know, to yeah. stick up for your teammate because he uh, I, got hit. I like, don't want this to get lost in translation mm-hmm. either. Like, I'm all for, like, that mentality of, of I'm going to defend my guy. Mm-hmm. And like I want yeah, the players on my team to to defend their, their their guy, but there's a time and place. I think context matters. Mm-hmm. And when there's a scoring chance or the potential of having an extended power play, you don't risk negating that. You take a number and you deal with it later on. Yeah, exactly. And like you mentioned with the the two to one score, like it's a two one game. Like it's a real close tight game. You know, you you could potentially get up, you know, or no oh, it was one nothing. Was it one nothing? One nothing, my bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was one goal regardless. One goal game, right? You know, you get the chance to you know to get up and score right in in the moment too. Like I don't want someone risking, you know, the anything that could come with a fight for that like but yeah i i do agree overall that you know i i, I mean shit i've cheered every time zach hyman's fought this year or zach hyman uh wayne simmons has fought this year hell yeah they're fun because the, the all the simmons fights weren't staged they were like in the heat of the moment and like and yeah. like i'm gonna do what i can to rile these guys up and like like mm-hmm. I said, stage fights don't have that effect anymore. It's not 19, it's, or sorry, it's not 2003. And like, yeah. oh my God, I hated that shit. Like, yeah. remember like, who was it? Colton Orr versus uh, Adam Karkner, part eight. And like every time it was just like, oh my God, these guys like. Chris Neal and Colton Orr. Oh my <laughs> Battle God. Battle of Ontario. It was just like, it was like you, you both your teams suck. Just stop. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, th- there is specific like. I don't know if staged fights necessarily, but like, like, I don't know if you'd classify them as staged, but there were specific instances, right? Like when you see uh, like a rookie Luke Shen taking on Chris Neal, that was pretty cool. I kind of liked that, but mm-hmm. like, like I remember watching that as a kid and like, I liked that, but yeah, I know you were a big Luke Shen yeah. guy too. Yeah. I friggin' loved that guy so, so much. So did I, oh, man. I wore in, I remember when he got drafted and I was playing hockey. I wore number two and played defense because of him. Jeez. And my yeah. other favorite defenseman mm-hmm. ever was Dion Phaneuf, and this was be- this predated his Leafs days, where he was my favorite player in the league. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wore number three. My two hockey numbers were like number three and number two. And mm-hmm. if I didn't have those numbers, it was either thirteen or twelve because it had those two numbers in it. <laughs> Plus with thirteen, right? You got a uh, and you got Sundin. Matt Sundin too, who was like my childhood favorite. So, <laughs> yeah, when I was real young, it went between uh, Matt Sundin and Darcy Tucker as oh, my man. two favorites. I appreciate Darcy Tucker a lot more these days mm-hmm. than I did when I was younger. Yeah, I mean, I really liked him. Like it was because Darcy Tucker is a, or was essentially like what a slightly more skilled i'd say like wayne simmons like wayne simmons of a few years ago right like yeah. not not at his heyday not as prime Man, probably, like i love but, those types of players you know? who play with that edge like i don't want to get lost in translation like mm-hmm. after having this talk about whether or not to fight like edler or not that i really do love those types of players like wayne simmons especially in his heyday was one of my favorite players in the entire league and like and like mm-hmm. 
And like, I love, like, I hate playing against him, but I love what Matthew Kachuk can bring to a team. I love that. Yeah. I, I love all of that. And it's just like, but it, it, it's like, you have to, you have to accept that the game is changing and you can't just have somebody there just to fight and do nothing. Yeah. Right. It's partially why um, Nazem Kadri was one of my favorite players. Yeah. Like, like I love Nas. Mm-hmm. He's just, He's insane. Like, I absolutely love that sort of stuff. I love that play. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying and to like, think of another one. <laughs> I love now, like, you see every once in a while, too. Like, you see, like, Austin Matthews, like, like mm-hmm. get, getting uh, throwing a hit every now and then. You're like, oh, man, when he realizes how big he really is, because he's still, like, a relatively young player. Like, mm-hmm. like once he realizes how big he really is compared to everybody else, it, it's going to be over for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He can, he can just, and I mean, he has, yeah, like he has shows those flashes where he just barrels over someone and it's like, it looks almost effortless. It's just so awesome. And it's so satisfying to see. Austin Um, Matthews is going to get into a fight one of these days and the whole city is just going to absolutely, like they're going to be statues of Austin Matthews before he even retires. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. It's going to be so awesome. Like, and it's just, I don't know. I, I could go off on it for hours about Matthews too. Yeah. Like he's just, he's so good. Uh, like the, he's going to win the rocket this year too. Oh yeah. Like, oh yeah. It's not even close. Yeah. He's played four or five less games than everyone else. Like in the, yeah, and he's like crazy. leading by six or seven goals. <laughs> like uh, he deserves it. 100%. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's uh, one more thing I want to touch on about this Canucks game. We kind of mm-hmm. geared off track, but I think it was a pretty good conversation we had. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, you mentioned it earlier. What, um, what, what do you call it? What, um, what Braden Hopi did, like the gamesmanship where he like kind of like hid the puck. So like none of the cameras could see it, even though it probably did cross the line, but there's just no camera yeah. angle to prove that it did. Yeah. Like, um, this isn't against any like specific referee or anything because I don't think it's their fault that they didn't have a conclusive angle. Mm-hmm. What is the NHL doing? Still relying on cameras to decide if the puck goes over the net. That's kind of an important thing. Yeah. And I mean, they have the puck tracking data too, right? It's like, yeah. you can't just put a little, even like some, sort. I, I they don't do know. it I'm, in tennis. They, where they have the, where they can see if the ball hit the line or not. They mm-hmm. have it in soccer. They, they, where you can see if the ball crossed the line or not. Mm-hmm. Why is the NHL always so far behind when it comes to all this, all this garbage, especially with all the yeah. heat that the officials have been under this year too. And like, you're telling me the best you can do is a few cameras that really don't make a difference. And yeah. <laughs> like, Cause when you zoom in, they're all pixelated anyway. So you can't tell anything. And when, and, and yeah, a little like horrible quality. Yeah. yeah. And like a little, tablet for the refs to look at it through <laughs> like you're telling me that's the best you can do you're the nhl i don't care like you you have you you literally have millions upon millions of dollars to invest you have this technology you literally have this technology for the puck tracking and stuff yeah why are you not using it to tell if a puck went in across the line or not that seems very important to me i don't know about you but yeah right like like, like that's what's crazy to me too is like there's no sort of like a thing in the line or on the line where like when the like like some sort of a uh, like alarm almost like or I guess I guess that'd be the trigger like a ton if you had like the goalies pads and stuff like that getting in there and with sticks mm-hmm. and things like that but I mean like 
the technology like is there. Have, it's twenty twenty one. Yeah, like it's it, it's crazy. And I mean, what happened to the, the to the back of the net cam? Like, did they take that out? Like, how, like where was that replay? Yeah, I didn't see that angle. And, and I'm like, I swear, like I've seen that like moderately recently. It's like, like did they just rip it out of the Vancouver nets? They just yeah, not. I have think it? I said like, in the in the group chat that that we were in, like when they were showing the replays and stuff. I was like, all these camera angles suck. Yeah, <laughs> like they like don't so show anything. Out. Yeah, they're all yeah. like so far away, and it's like mm-hmm. it's like what like like why isn't there a camera even um even like a uh, a more one of those cameras that can kind of see the whole area, like in the back of the net, like in the top part of the net so that it can look down and like get a bird's mm-hmm. eye view kind of in the net, but then also like can kind of cover the entire net. Like why you why can put an, a camera, a like camera inside of the crossbar at the bottom mm-hmm. of it, looking down, like they literally have cameras that you can put inside of pens for like spies yeah. and shit to use. You telling me the NHL hasn't gotten with this technology yet? That technology ha- isn't new. It's been out for a long time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've, there's a bunch of different cases too, right? Even of like the the pen cameras. So it's like the, the technology is there. Um, you know, you just put one at the at one corner, one at the other corner, one maybe in the middle, depending on the blind spots. And, and then, you're good. You're covered. Or you just take out camera. Okay, we'll still have the cameras too. But like, or like you have, mm-hmm. you literally have the technology to track the puck and stuff. Yeah, like they have the data. Like they talk, yeah. they show the data on the broadcast. Like, yeah. they don't have the ability you, to, you know. You can't. You can't tell me that the that that you can't use that same technology technology to decide or for to see if the puck crosses the line or not. Yeah, right. Like it it's so insane to me. Like I don't understand. Mm-hmm. It's 2021, it just, not 2010 anymore. Like get with the times, man. Yeah, like it's and then I mean this is like what? I mean, there's a reason that's the fourth biggest or fifth biggest professional sports because they're always so North far behind America. on everything. Yeah, like they can't you know do what? the challenges I will, correct. I will argue all. that the NHL is currently the fifth uh sport especially in the u.s and canada no but in the u.s it's the fifth most popular sport because of the rise of the mls i don't know i don't follow soccer enough to know it's gotten over the last like five six years it's it's really starting to grow in popularity especially with all like the the uh like the immigrant populations and stuff too Hockey mm-hmm. is not like something that they'll go to. And then there's soccer. They have a soccer league now that's Jeez. growing. So yeah, like <laughs> like you can make a case for the MLS being ahead of the NHL. And there's no one to blame but the NHL for it. Yeah. And I mean, they just it, I understand and I under and I get, you know, and I agree with putting teams in Arizona, Florida, stuff like I understand why they do it. I mean, Vegas has done a but, fantastic job with it. Yeah. But it's like they need to hit bigger markets. They need to hit more. Mar- like I have a family in, uh, or I have, have family in uh, Nevada, or not Nevada, um, New Mexico, New Mexico. Okay, close enough to Nevada. And uh, they didn't even know that the Dallas Stars existed. Mm-hmm. Like they had no idea that Dallas had a hockey team. And I mean, like I, and. I, Dallas, I'm not crazy Dallas on geography, is consistently, but I think they're like, but they're Cowboys fans too, right? Oh like yeah, so they should know like 
about Dallas sports, Dallas right? sports. Like, yeah, they should at least know what their teams are. <laughs> yeah. Like you think like they'd have some sort of an idea, right? Like, but no, it's just, they have, they had no clue that it even existed. Like, well, it's, it's funny that you bring up Dallas because I was able to make a point like Dallas mm-hmm. is consistently in the top half of the league when it comes to revenue and stuff. Wait, really? And, yeah. Like I know last year they were and like, they're like always like in the middle or like, just like in the top half of the league when it comes to like revenue mm-hmm. and like, okay, that's, that's, that's really good. Like Dallas isn't even like that large of a market. Like that's good that they're doing that. You're telling me that Houston, which is like the fourth largest city between Canada and the U S it's the fourth or fifth doesn't yeah. have an NHL team. And you, 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 you can't tell me that they can't do any worse than Dallas does with their population. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I mean, that's kind of the thing, right. And like, I mean, I, I think now there's that added extra incentive for the fans to clamor for the team to leave Arizona. But mm-hmm. I really think for like the growth of the game, it should there should be a team in Houston. Mm-hmm. Like it, like if they just in move Arizona to Houston, it would just it would make the most sense. Take the second team out of Florida, like the Florida Panthers. There's, there's take an them. interested owner there. I believe it's the owner of the Rockets. Who said, yeah, I think like, so. Who said? Who's like has a group, and they're like, yeah, we bring an NHL team here. They have the facility for it. Like, yeah, and I mean, my dream is, and and I know this wouldn't help the states, but take the Florida Panthers, move them to Quebec, take the Arizona Coyotes, move them to Houston. I don't think uh, you know. I like, don't think Quebec's a viable option, just because like they're such a small market. Like they're a smaller market than Winnipeg, and Winnipeg already loses money every single year. Yeah, that's true. They just they that's just fair. happen to have like the fourth richest person in Canada as their owner, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, they can just throw money at the yeah. just blank checks at the league. Mm-hmm. And then honestly, after that, I don't really know where else to go in the states. Like. Um, I mean, Kansas City, I think, would could, could oh yeah, could be a good one. Yeah, people have thrown Kansas City out there a few times. Yeah, yeah they'd be good. They they've I mean, got they've got a loyal fan base for there's two sports teams there, the Chiefs and the Royals. Yeah, they've got, yeah, they've they'd got be, they're not the biggest market, but they got a lot of fan support. Yeah, I think they'd be a good team. You know, like to move. Um, where even is it in Florida? But no, obviously I'm not talking about Tampa, but like Tampa Florida. does well. Um, they're they're, yeah, they're in my they're in Miami, which is like what do you like like? <laughs> yeah. There's no interest in hockey in Miami. Florida yeah, no, as a whole, like Florida as a whole, typically is like terrible for sports teams. Like they have like such fair weather fans. Yeah, it's. I mean, the only real. I don't like you. I don't even think you'd be able to access the, st- the statistics of it, like of where fans are from, like who are buying mm-hmm. tickets to games. But I bet a lot of their ticket revenue comes from out of state fans, you know, either from, you know, like one of the bigger markets somewhere in yeah. Canada, maybe Detroit, all that sort of stuff. Like, well, yeah, like a lot of people there. go to like those, those places to like retire and stuff too. Like, especially in the mm-hmm. Tampa area. <laughs> Yeah, right. So if you're a fan of an original six team and you've been a fan of them since like the 50s, you know, you're in your 60s now, mm-hmm. 60s, 70s now, you know, you're you're going to be in Florida most likely. <laughs> yeah, if you can afford it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, like I have family from New York, uh, Long Island, so they're like Islanders fans, Ugh. and uh, they're yeah, I know. I, I, I think they're like kind of casual, but like they're still like watch oh. like they're still like like they're mostly like baseball fans, but like they're they'll still like watch like the Islanders and stuff, like not to the extent that me and you watch the Leafs, but whatever. And like mm-hmm. they'll go catch like an Islanders game every now and then at like in Florida. Oh, really? Yeah, because they're they're well. Oh, sorry, I left it out that like they're retired and moved to and moved to Florida. Kind of an important detail. I mess, I, I I missed out of that story, but. <laughs> oh okay, yeah. No, I was just kind of. I was like, I was like, wait, aren't they? And I'm like, no, wait, no, they no, travel no. All I, the way I, down? I left out a, a very important detail of that story. That is my fault. Oh, okay, no, that, I mean that makes sense. <laughs> but I mean, in some cases, like I think it was a Steve Dangle podcast. Maybe talked about it years ago. That like it'd be cheaper to like fly to Arizona. Like or fly to Florida and buy a ticket to a game there than it is to buy a ticket to the ACC. Like, it's insane. Or not the ACC, the mm-hmm. Scotia Bank. But last season, oh. mm-hmm. um, yeah, last season before, like, it was like a month before the pandemic. I went to Buffalo with a few buddies to watch uh, Le- to watch a, a Leafs and Sabers game there. I bought the tickets, yeah. resold, so they were more than what the asking, more than retail. Or more than ticket price or whatever. A hotel room and food for that day or and food for that trip and stuff. And like all the expenses I calculated it came out to about five hundred bucks for and that was like for a whole weekend in Buffalo with the tickets and stuff. And like if I wanted decent Leafs tickets, well, that would cost me what three hundred bucks, not including yeah. food and beer and all that. Yeah, right. And <laughs> I mean, I haven't been to uh, to a Leafs game since I was a kid, um, so I have no idea about the price of beer oh and my stuff. God, but I know it's... I went to a Jays game, and it was, I think, like about ten bucks for a tall can of beer. Like, yeah, yeah, it's just imagine what it is for like a Leafs game. Uh, it's like yeah, fourteen right. bucks or something, and it's not including like beer, like or like food and stuff. Like that's just three hundred mm. bucks, like for a decent ticket. So it's just like, so it's like I'm gonna go drive to Buffalo have a fun weekend with the friends spend a little slightly more but i'm with my buddies overnight in a different city just having a good time yeah and right you fork I, out the extra 100 or 200 bucks to to get the experience on top of it right like yeah yeah anyways yeah. um yeah so uh we kind of ge- geared off topic of it again but that's yeah. gonna happen <laughs> um yeah, yeah not much happened this week to be honest so like, um uh, what do you think? Because um, I th- believe in the back-to-back to Winnipeg is when Felino and Hutton uh, will join the Leafs. Um, mm. uh, what do you think uh, they'll add to this team? Like, do you like? Uh, I'll I'll have my thoughts after. I'll I'll let you I'll let you go first. So I think Hutton. Um... <laughs> I don't know if he's more than a seventh D right now. Um, I, I would like to see him come in though. And I, I don't know if he'd take, I think he'd probably take over maybe for Bogosian, like give him a game of rest or something like that. Um, yeah. Hutton can play both sides. I believe. Right. Yeah. And even Dermot too. Um, I know mm-hmm. they talked about uh, them wanting to transition the uh, Dermot, like I think at the draft or something like that, they mm-hmm. talked about wanting, you know, or at free agency talked about wanting Dermot to kind of um, become Barry one day, which, or Brody one day, which okay, uh, I was going to say, is not going to become happen, Barry. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. I would love that. Uh, he would have a completely rounded up game. If he, uh, if he added Barry's um, 
power play element but <laughs> just um, just uh whipping just clapping shots at shin pads <laughs> <laughs> yeah basically i yeah yeah it's i don't know but they want him to be brody and i mean that's probably not gonna happen but you know, so, so it does sound like they do have some appetite for him playing right D. Um, so, I mean, they could have Ben Hutton slot in on the left side and give Dermot the right D, try him out there. I don't know. Um, but I am down for them to experiment with Hutton. Um, with Felino. I mean, probably to fill in the Zach Hyman role, to be honest. Oh, my God. Uh, that's what I expect right now, um, at least in the I'm short term. I'm so nervous to see what the timetable is going to be for Zach Hyman. Yeah, me too. I'm Especially with that knee history. I, it is not looking good, but oh, my God, my fingers are going to stay crossed until until that news gets released. Yeah, yeah, me too. I'm, I'm so nervous about that, but... You know, yeah, you, 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 like realistically, you do kind of expect Felino to fill that kind of role, even without, even if the Leafs had a Hyman still. Like, you kind of expect him to be the, like a hard, heavy four checker, um, you know, get into the middle, that sort of good stuff and mm-hmm. muck it up along the boards, you know, kind of exactly what you'd expect Zach Hyman to do. Yeah, um, it's funny. It's funny you say that because they've been juggling Zach Hyman from like the first line to the third line. It's like they didn't quite know where to put him. It's like, it's like, yeah, well, now you have two of them. So you can put one on the first line and one on the third line and it's like and so you get the best of both worlds kind of thing like i don't think felino has the offensive prowess that um that that uh hyman brings but he still brings that same element and like that same style of play mm-hmm. and i think yeah. he, he is a little more de- like what you're losing in the offense with Hyman, you're gaining in defense. Not that Zach Hyman's like a bad defensive forward. Forward, he's he's been great, but I think mm-hmm. Felino's just that much better at, at it because he's made a career out of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that that's that's kind of what I expected too, honestly. Um, before the injury, for sure, I definitely expected uh, Robertson to probably. You get like sent down because as much as I or or either that or uh, platooning one of, you know, Spezza, Simmons, Thornton in and out of the lineup and just kind of giving them each, you know, a game of rest here and there, and you know, mm-hmm. and just kind of trade them in and out for one another, you know, have them play one of three games, that sort of stuff. Right. Like just have them rotate around. But um, that's kind of what I was hoping for. But I mean, obviously, uh, now with the injury, you're going to probably not have that. Uh, which does kind of suck, but you could also do Angval there too. Um, I don't know. I, I had someone, a uh, Sens fan, actually ask me today what I think the uh, the, the lines will look like with Hyman in, or with Felino in. Um, this was before the Hyman injury, and yeah, that's kind of what I told him that I expect either them to platoon Spezza, Thornton, Simmons, or Robertson to get sent down or something like that um, mm-hmm. once they're all in and ready to go. It's a shame with Robertson because I thought he's looked pretty good in his in his mm-hmm. game so far but it's just like where do you put him like like uh it's it sucks like next year he's 100 a top a top six forward on this team like i like i like him with Tavares and nylander playing on that wing like it's weird him playing with nylander shouldn't work but it does <laughs> yeah i mean well like robertson does kind of bring that um almost two-way forward sort of like element Mm-hmm. Um, like I did notice him like he actually hustles, man. he's <laughs> yeah yeah he I, I mean he seems to kind of like go along the boards there too um, and like kind of dig into puck battles a little bit mm-hmm. not as much as someone like Hyman but he does kind of bring almost like Galchenyuk 
yeah like element just without the you know the refined skill of a 25 year old you know in a 19 year old's body um, still, like without he, that yeah right? but, yeah he's still he's still pretty raw from what i've seen from from robertson but like man he he gives it all out there and he's got a wicked shot <laughs> yeah and that's why that's why i was saying like i think i wouldn't before injury i wouldn't have my i have to keep premise, prefacing it with that um which is why I kind of expected them to kind of send him down just because he is raw, right? Like you do see that, like there is still mm-hmm. little, like, like him falling around the ice here and there, yeah. you know, things like, like that. He, like, he panics sometimes and he, like I, I noticed today, like in the corner, mm-hmm. like he looked behind his corner, like he looked, he took a peek behind him when retrieving the puck. So I was pressured, kind of rushed it a bit and fell and like lost an edge kind of thing. So little things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and even like there was a couple times where like you saw him pass to someone and it was like a little off or mm-hmm. or like Nylander, I think one one time they were in the zone, he passed off to Robertson and it like he just couldn't handle it. You yeah. know, he just couldn't handle the pass and so like like it's just little things like that that you see and you're like, yeah, you know, um he the potential probably doesn't... is there, but he just yeah. needs a little more refining. Yeah, and I mean there's one play that he made that was so awesome. Um in the defensive zone. I saw him like kind of cut off someone along the like or no, it was in the offensive zone, but it was just such so, such a good like puck retrieval, similar almost to like what Nylander does, where like he'll track someone down, like kind of lift up their stick, take the puck from them and stuff like that. Like sneak sneak attacks. Yeah. And he did that like on someone. Like he just kind of like he just kind of rubbed him off along the boards and like grabbed the puck from him and like just took it. And it was just, it was so good. And it was like, you, it was just, you see flashes like that. And you see flashes of like him shooting it like real hard and like hitting it off the, the, the iron or, you know, whatever it is, right. Like missing the net type mm-hmm. thing. And like, you see things like that and you're like, there's definitely flashes of like, just mm-hmm. high end skill, but yeah, it, it should probably be refined a little bit more. And I mean, that's why I was kind of comfortable with him getting sent down yeah. um, and not putting him into the top six uh, in the middle of a uh, a playoff run. <laughs> yeah, uh, just to just to go back to Felino. Um, oh, sorry, <laughs> it's okay. It's all good. Uh, just to go back to Felino, uh, what I think, like I think, like his true impact on this team won't be seen until like the playoffs and stuff because he doesn't have that that high offensive skill that you will notice right away in like a regular season down the stretch but when you see like <laughs> when you see the defensive like like when yeah when you see the defense that he brings to a forward line in the playoffs he was just something that i think the leafs needed for so long like if the leafs had a player like felino and it's any one of the series against boston they win that series 100 percent. if they didn't have to play against felino last year they win that series like it's just like like he he brings a lot to a team in that sense like you don't really you won't see it on the score sheet but you'll notice it more in the playoffs if that makes sense yeah i agree i i mean felino was one of those players that like, like, I mean, I watched a lot of uh, the Leafs series obviously last year, but I was even covering it. And I remember like, I was trying to like notice key details and like, I, I noticed it like forechecking all the time, like just a real hard, you just know, just a pain in the ass to play against. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, and that's kind of why the, the Zach Hyman sort of comparisons come uh, to mind. And yeah, he's just, he's such a good player. I absolutely love him. And, you know, I, I'm really excited to see what he can bring to the Leafs lineup. Um, 
And I mean, people have brought up too, like, oh, he hasn't made it past, uh, hasn't made it that far into the playoffs. So, like, you know, hockey's a but, team sport, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's played on crap. Austin Matthews isn't a bad player because the Leafs haven't won a playoff series yet. Like, he's still one of the best players in the world. <laughs> oh, he's like, Felino's just going to be really good. I think I, I'm even more excited as kind of the week went on and we kind of left, you know, I kind of forgot about the, uh, the trade package and things like that. And it was just, it became just, Oh, I'm excited to add Felino into this lineup. Exactly. Um, I think it's just, I think it's going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. And Riley Nash on a line with him. Oof. Oh yeah. in the playoffs. Uh, God. Oh, I, actually watched, shut down line. I actually watched a, a Riley Nash highlight reel on YouTube. That exists. <laughs> Someone sent it to me and they were like, yo, watch this. I'm like, shit, man. This guy's like sneaky, like, like sneaky, sneaky good. Like, 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 where is Ambo Felino, except on the defensive side? Like, he's legitimately one of the best, um, like, defensive forwards in the game. Yeah, I mean, his impacts are like really freaking good. So I think if you put him, you know, in a shutdown role, because um, he should be ready, I think probably about a week or two into the playoffs. Like, if you put him mm-hmm. into like on the fourth line or third line, whatever, like a shutdown line role, you know, hit, you know, Felino, Nash, Hyman, or Felino, Nash, uh, Korsh- not Korshkov. Oh, yeah, Mikheyev. My God. My brain. I know how much you love Korshkov. Oh, <laughs> uh, Lord. <laughs> His name, Gord's name on the Zoom call, like his his Zoom name is literally Korshkov fanboy, which I did not know existed until I met Gord. Yeah, I, uh, when Korshkov was traded, I was real sad, and Joey just uh, he was heartless. He was very heartless. <laughs> I was excited for Galchenyuk, and he's just crying in the group chat about Korshkov, and was all pissed off at the trade. And I was just like, bro, it's it's freaking Korshkov, man. Like, chill out. <laughs> yeah, uh, I just, I don't know. I rationally love uh, Russian players. So, um, oh, that's another thing we can talk about later. Um, but yeah, no, I just, I forget what we were talking about. But Anyways. Oh, uh, yeah, Felino, Nash, uh, McKayev. Yeah. That'd be a really good line. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, uh, you said you just wanted to bring something up. We can get to that now before we wrap up. Yeah, Rodion Amirov uh, signed his ELC this week. Oh yes, he did. Yeah, I completely forgot about that until uh, <laughs> until I thought of Russian players. Yeah, yeah, he uh, <laughs> he signed his ELC, and um, I mean, from what the press release said and what reporters and things like that said, it sounds like he's just going to come over, kind of practice um, with the team and with uh, you know the coaching staff and. The, uh, excuse me, the skills coaches and things like that. And then he's going to go back to uh, uh, UFA next year um, in the KHL. And yeah, and then, I mean, Dubas mentioned that they're excited uh, to, you know, work with them. So it sounds like UFA is willing to give uh, Amirov a good chance next year. So, um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, because especially well, down the stretch. The plan playing, is for him to finish the season with the Marlies. Like, I'm pretty sure they're already flew him out. And he has to do his, his two weeks quarantine, quarantine right? Yeah, I don't know. I like, like I don't know if he can because his his contract technically doesn't expire until April thirtieth. So I don't know if he can. But I thought he can I mean, after April because I don't know how long oh, the NHL yeah, season maybe. actually goes for. Yeah, I have not paid attention really that much. So, mm-hmm. um, but it might. 
Yeah, like he might be able to, and that that would be really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Get him used to the North American game because it's such a it's such a transition for some. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. And he's going to spend the whole summer here, though. Um, I don't know. I doubt he'll be for training camps because uh, the Russian season usually starts about a month or so earlier than uh, the NHL season. So yeah, um, he'll probably be back there. But yeah, I mean, he'll be here. We'll probably see video and pictures of him in uh, at practices and things like that. So I'm excited for that. Um, and yeah, like I was mentioning too about him playing top six minutes uh, down the stretch this season, he was playing like bottom six minutes. So uh, I saw if, like some like stat lines where he was playing like five minutes a game. Yeah, it was like he's friggin' tree like Scott Sabrin out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if so, if they're willing to give him a top six, you know, spot, um, it could be really good. And and I'm kind of excited for him to kind of go out there, get another year or two to dominate and come back after that. Mm-hmm. It just kind of depends on his next uh, KHL contract um, for how long I think he'll be out here. But from what some people seem to kind of say, it sounds like it'll only be one year. So, um, yeah, I mean, it should be good. At the time, I was kind of worried Mm because a lot of times when players uh, are playing in the KHL and they're kind of pretty well known uh, to be going north or to be going overseas to North America, they'll – a lot of times the coaches will either bench them or give them, you know, bottom six minutes and things like that. So that happened with Igor Oshiganov. Yeah, I was going to say um, Oshiganov. What a what, what what an experiment that was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I mean, it happened to him, too, in the KHL. Like, it's not like a star player like Amirov, right? So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyways, um, I believe that's all we got for, for this week. Um, yeah. yeah, so... Uh, before we go, you can follow me on Twitter at JoeyConchi98. Follow Gord at RideThePine89 on Twitter. I believe I got that correct. <laughs> and uh, yeah, follow the podcast at New Era Leafs on Twitter uh, for um, podcast links, uh, discussion, and uh, and and Leafs content. So uh, yeah, that's about it. And uh, we will see you all next Monday. Hey!